Welcome to New Life Church, everybody. How are we doing today? Everybody doing good? I love it. Love it. Hey, my name's Jeff Baker. I get the uh, privilege of being the lead pastor here and uh, one of the primary communicators. I just want to say welcome to New Life Church for our Back to School Sunday. I need to take a quick moment to uh, welcome everybody who's worshiping with us online at our online church, uh, as well as those worshiping with us at our other campuses. If you worship with us at Ogallala or you worship with us at North Platte, today is an exciting day at all campuses. Uh, just like it is here at Kearney, we've got uh, students showing up and uh, we're just letting everybody know we are a church that stands with the student who goes on mission to the campus to be the best example of Jesus that you can be. And uh, we just want every student from like kindergarten all the way through college to know we stand with you. Um, we're a church that's for you, we're designed for you, and uh, we're here to help you see this year be the greatest year you have ever seen in your entire life. That's what we believe, and that's what we want to see for you. And that's kind of where we're going today. All right, so can I just hear it really quick? If you're a student in the house, at any campus, even online, if you're sitting there by yourself, can I just hear you with a, with a loud shout on one, two, three, ready? One, two, three, let me see your students. Okay, that was okay. It was okay. But I guarantee you the next group is going to be much louder, right? Because they are super excited. And that is the parents of students that are sending kids to school. Come on, let me hear from parents sending kids to school. So I thought. So I thought. So I thought. I, I, knew, I knew that that would be the one that wins out in the end. Um, hey, look, in getting ready for this message, I was just scouring the internet looking for things that would help me communicate to you and get this message started today. And I was looking for all these different memes, right? If you don't know what a meme is, turn to the youngest person next to you and ask them, and they'll tell you. Um, but I was looking for them, and I was like, back to school memes, right? And I started running across these amazing pictures that parents have taken of their kids on day one of school, and they sent, this, they sent their kid to school looking this way, but the kid came home looking a different way, right? Like, as an example, take a look at this first girl. This is day one, right? <laughs> I went, this is how I came back. All right, here, here's another parent who took their picture. All right, all right here's a girl, and like that, now that's how I'm coming back. But I, I think the third one is the one that took the cake for me. Look at this young man. I mean, he's all into it. And then he's coming home like he's just dragging it all, man. He's just dragging it all. How many of you guys uh, had parents that took pictures of you on day one of school? Anybody ever had your picture taken day one of school? Right on. Well, you might feel, you might feel like a little bit like uh, this next kid because, you know, he's like, help me. I still have 10 more years of this. <laughs> right? So moms and dads, just want you to know, it's cute in kindergarten and first grade. It's no longer cute when they're a sophomore in college. I'm just telling you right now, all right? Just like back down, back down a little bit, all right? Uh, but I also thought we've got parents and we have teachers. Are there teachers in the house today? Awesome. Uh, what you guys don't want, to, you, I want you to know that we love you, all right? You can come, you can come out, all right? You can come out. Just let us know you're here because we love you. Um, we're for you as well. But we also know that parents and teenagers have a say in what's getting ready to happen. Our, our teachers, excuse me, parents and teachers have a say in what's getting ready to happen in the school year. And I found one meme that I think speaks to both groups at the exact same time, okay? The hills are alive with the sound music. This is what every parent feels like sending their kids to school. It's what every teacher feels like on the last day of school. 
like, freedom, <laughs> freedom, right? But I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter who you are, what your age is. All of us have felt like this next kid at one day or another at school, all right? <laughs> We've all felt this way at one point or another, like, what am I getting into? Get me off this bus, right? But I just want you to know at New Life Church, at New Life Church and from your pastor, all right, this is what I think about you. You can do it, <laughs> right? You can do it. Let me look at that kid. <laughs> you can do it, all right? And I believe in you. I believe that you can do it. We stand with you on the mission, the mission of being a student going to the campus. And today I'm asking everybody at all of our, all of our locations to you know, give me a little freedom to talk to students today. And I guarantee you that uh, if you're not a student today, you're still going to walk away with something from this message. But this message was strategically written so that an elementary age kid a teenager, and a college-age student can walk away with something to be inspired by today because I believe that your mission isn't just to go get an education. I believe your mission, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, is to be a missionary on the campus. And that's where the local church comes in. The local church comes in to help you maintain your relationship with Christ, know God's word, and then to live out a relationship with Christ that's contagious on the campus that other people would actually go, what in the world do you have midway through the year? I've been searching after all these other things for happiness. You have something I don't have. What is it that you have? You're inviting them, you're bringing them. Kids are bringing kids to our kids' church. Youth are bringing youth on Wednesday nights. You know, college students are bringing college students here on a Sunday morning, and we're gonna work together to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ throughout this school year. We're gonna do it with God's help, amen? So back to school might be the mission of every student, but everyone has a mission today. Your mission might be to maybe lead a team at work and lead it really well. Today's message is going to speak to you. Your mission might be, you know, to be at home with, uh, you know, preschoolers and to lead them really well right now. And if that's your mission, praise God for that. That's an important mission. And today's message is going to speak to you. Your, your mission might be to, you know, own a business and to lead that really well. Today's message will definitely speak to you as well. Your, your mission might be that you're getting close to retirement. This might be your last year of work. And this message is going to speak to you because it's time to finish strong. It's not time to back down. It's time to lean in. It's time to finish strong because it really doesn't matter you know, how old we get. It doesn't matter where we move. We never go off mission. We are always on mission. So along with the physical mission that we just talked about, being a student or leading a team, running a business, right, getting close to retirement. We all have a spiritual mission as well, and that is this, to become more like Jesus every single week and let the world know about it. So that's a daunting mission, by the way. But the good news is this, you're not alone in the mission. Come on, somebody say, I'm not alone. alone. You're not alone in the mission. God is with you. And we're standing right there with you as well. So I want to take you to a passage of scripture found in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have your iPhone or you know, your Google phone or whatever it is you got, um, you can go to uh, Uversion Bible app and go to the events there. And I've already put the, the sermon notes in there for you. And you can grab a hold of that. But I want to tell you, instead of reading to you this passage of 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 8 through 23, I wanted to tell you it in a story form. I kind of want to go old school for a minute. I want, I want to go back to when, you know, stories were told one person to another. 
and I want to let that imagery kind of like paint a tapestry upon your mind and your heart, because then we're going to use this story in God's word to be the springboard to really understand, you know, what is, uh, what is the role that we are to play in the mission that God has called us to, so that we lead the mission knowing that with confidence we're not alone. So Elisha is the prophet. The prophet is the one who speaks to the people on behalf of God. In this time that's, that's happening here, the Israelites are at war with the Arameans. The Arameans have got some really slick strategies, right? Some advanced strategies where they're ambushing and they're attacking and they are really kind of ravishing the Israelites. And the king of Israel comes to the prophet Elisha and is basically telling him this devastation that's taking place amongst God's people. And the prophet goes to prayer. And in prayer, the prophet starts to, and the Bible says it this way, as if he is standing in the bedroom of the enemy king, he starts to hear the plans that the, that the, the king of Aram has to ambush and attack the Israelites. And he starts passing that information to the king of Israel. So now the troops of Israel are going out and they're avoiding the ambushes and they are starting to get the upper hand. So now the king of Aram is getting really ticked off, right? And he's like, what's going on? Like every time we set up an ambush, it worked in the past, but now we're setting it up and it's as if they know that it's happening. There must be a spy amongst us. So he went to his commanders and he told them this and the commanders quickly got back to him and they said, no, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have a spy amongst us. The Israelites have a man of God, and his name is Elisha. And it's as if he's hearing you whisper your plans in secret, and he's knowing them. So the king of Aram's like, well, we only have one choice here. You know, this is like a chessboard. We have to go take out the prophet. So he sends this large mass of troops to go find the prophet. They hunt him down. They find him in a town where he's living, and then they, at night, they surround the town. In the morning... The servant of the prophet Elisha wakes up, and he goes out to do his daily chores, right, that he's going to do for the prophet. But to his surprise, he discovers that this army now is camped around the city. They besieged it. No one can come. No one can go. And he's afraid. He is terrified because he believes that they're there for his boss, the prophet. So he runs back to Elisha, and in fear, with fear on his face, you've seen people like totally afraid, fear in his voice, he goes to describe to the prophet what's going on. And the prophet says back to him, don't be afraid. But then he does something profound, and he starts to pray to God. God, will you open up the eyes of my servant so that my servant can actually see what's going on? And in that moment, miraculously, supernaturally, the eyes of the servant were opened up and he looked on the hillside and he saw an army the size he had never seen before. An army of chariots that were on fire, horses that were on fire, topped with angels. And it was a massive army. And at that moment, his fear turned into encouragement. Because he realized, greater are those who are with us than those who are against us. And at that moment, the Arameans, who cannot see this angelic army that's there to protect the prophet, they start moving in on the prophet. So what do you think the prophet does? You think the prophet at that moment does what you and me would do? Heaven's army, get them, destroy them, nuke them to the ground, right? Because that's what we would do. That's not what he does. He prays to God again. He goes, God, would you blind the eyes of the Arameans? And God blinded their eyes. 
And now they're on this road coming into the town, and they are just in chaos. They don't even know what to do. So guess what the prophet does? The prophet, he just walks right out to them. Hey, guys, uh, what's going on? Oh, we're looking for this prophet, Elisha. Can you lead us to him, right? Because they're blind and they can't see. He goes, sure, I can lead you to him. And he leads them, the whole army, he leads them all the way to the king of Israel. When their eyes opened up, they're standing before the king of Israel with the armies of Israel around them. Now who's afraid? Right? Now who's afraid? And the king of Israel is like, man, Elisha, you did it this time. You delivered like a, like a whole army to us. This is fantastic. Should I kill him? And Elisha's like, no. What you should do is you should, you should give them water. And you should feed them. You should give them rest. And when they're rested, you should send them back to their master. And the last verse in verse 23 it says basically this, that the Arameans no longer attacked the Israelites. And you would wonder to yourself, like, well, what does this story really mean for me? What does it say to the life of a student? You're on mission just like Elisha was on mission. And there are some incredible life lessons we can learn from the way that Elisha trusted God and the way he heard from God and the way he acted on, on God's behalf that allowed him to win at his mission and those very same things are going to allow you to win at your mission. So if you're listening to God's voice today and you want to hear what God's saying to you today, God would first say this to you today. On your mission, if you want to succeed, don't be afraid. It might feel like the world's coming down around you. It might feel like the world's collapsing around you. It might feel like you're surrounded. But God would say, don't be afraid. It's the same thing that Elisha said to his servant in verse 16. Don't be afraid. But why? Why? For there are more on our side than on theirs. The, the servant couldn't see that then. Only Elisha could see that then. Elisha knew there was more on our side than was on the enemy's side. And guys, I'm just here to tell you today, you, you, there's going to be moments in this school year where you're not going to be able to see it. And you're going to need people at New Life Church. You're going to need a life group. You're going to need a kids pastor. You're, you're going to need a youth pastor to remind you that that God is greater than whatever enemy you're facing right now. God is greater than whatever obstacle you're facing. God's bigger than whatever challenge you're going through right now. You're going to need people to remind you, just like Elisha was reminding his servant. Because I just want you to know you're not alone. God could send an army of angels on your behalf. But more likely, God's going to send the power of his Holy Spirit to make you bold when you need boldness, to give you great faith when you need great faith, to give you strength when you need strength, to put words in your mouth when you need to speak, to put words in your mind when you need to write, to give you creative ideas. And God also knows that you're going to need a local church that can send you allies alongside of you when you need someone to help lift you up when you're weary, when you need someone to lift you up when you need encouragement. So you don't need to like, I would encourage you this year, don't back away from the local church. You want to lean into the local church because God gave it to you for a reason. And that reason is this, you have a big mission. You got a big mission to be a, a, a missionary of Christ on the campus. And it might, it's going to feel like it's overwhelming at times. But listen, I want to remind you that when you're little or you're a part of a small group of believers, then God can become big. Because look, it was this Elisha and his servant and they were the ones that conquered the entire army. When we become little, when we humble ourselves, 
right? When we go, God, you can do the incredible. If I just humble myself, then God can show off and he can be big. And I want to say something right now to all elementary students. If you're in kindergarten through fifth grade, okay, I just want you to know right now, you're never too little to be used by God. You're never too little to be used by God. God can use you to be an example to your other classmates. God can use you to be an example to your teacher. And for all students, be reminded of Philippians 4.13. For I, would you read this with me? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You can't do anything through you, but you can do everything through Christ because he's the one who gives you the strength. So when we become little, God becomes big. Don't be afraid. You're never alone. The second thing I think God would remind us, though, of this to accomplish our mission is he would say this, open your eyes. Open your eyes. We choose to see what we want to see in this world. We choose to see the negative or we choose to see the positive. We choose to see the world as, you know, or the cup or, you know, the obstacle as, you know, half empty. Or we choose to see it as half full. And there's always two options that you have to look at. And it's your choice of which one you want to focus on. It's kind of like those ambiguous figures that you've seen in the past. And you've got to try to look at it and try to discern which image do you see. Like this one as an example. Um, do you see, there's a young woman and an old woman. How many of you guys see the young woman? Raise your hand really quick. Would you do that? How many of you guys see the old woman? Put your hand up. How many of you guys see both? Okay, right? Okay, there's one example. Let me throw one more up there really quick. All right, there's the, the old school, like, how many of you guys see the duck? How many of you guys see the bunny? How many of you guys see both? How many of you guys don't see anything? Okay. All right, all, all kinds of hands went up. Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Right, like, there's two different images in both of those pictures that you saw there, and you have a choice. You have a choice once you see both of them. Okay, if you didn't see both of them, then, then you'd have to go back and look at them again at another time. But once you see both of them, it's hard to forget both images. So then you have a choice. Which one are you going to look at? And in this world, God has given you a choice. Which one are you going to look at? Are you going to look at what's against you? Or are you going to look at who is for you? And the image that you focus on will be the one you see the most. If you focused on the young lady, you'll see the young lady the most. If you focus on the duck, you will see the duck the most. If you focus on what's against you, you will see what's against you the most. If you focus on who is for you, you will see who is for you the most. And I'm here to encourage you today to be reminded that, A, you're not alone, and to focus every single day on who is for you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And this is what Elisha did. Elisha did this for his servant when he came to him scared, going, hey, there's this enemy, and he's against us, and he's big, and I think we're going to die today. And in verse 17, it says, then Elisha prayed for him. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. He saw the army. And just like Elisha prayed for that servant of his to see the army of God and to be encouraged to open up his eyes. I stand before you today as a representative of this church and I pray for every student today. I pray for your eyes to be opened and to trust God for the mission of the school year ahead of you. 
that when it gets tough, open up your eyes and be reminded that God is with you. And that would you open up your eyes also when it gets tough and be reminded that God has your back. I pray for every student today that your eyes would be opened to the power of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says this, that the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. I pray for you to be reminded of that. I pray for you to be reminded of that on your most difficult day. But I pray, I pray with earnest right now that you would be reminded that the Spirit of God who is in you is greater than anything that you will be faced with or challenged with in this world. And you can be and you will be an overcomer in Jesus' name. pray that you would open up your eyes and you would see the true mission ahead of you, that you've been chosen by God to be a missionary in this day, in this critical hour, for this very moment, to live out the model of Jesus Christ on the campus. And since God is standing with you, like the army that stood with Elisha, then you are not alone. But lastly, I believe God would say this to every student here, just like Elisha did this, lead your life with compassion and kindness this year. There's one thing that this world needs. It needs people who are sold out to Jesus, who are willing to show compassion and kindness in the midst of a world that feels like it's being ripped apart at the seams, where people are being pitted against one another. And that's the work of the enemy. But the work of the believer, the work of Jesus Christ, is to bring unity. And the work of Jesus Christ is to add value to one another. The work of Jesus Christ is to celebrate each other's differences instead of seeing each other's differences as dividing us. So compassion and kindness takes on many different forms this year. It takes on meeting practical needs, but it also takes on caring for people, just simply asking, how are you? Compassion and kindness is also praying this year for others that you go to school with, that you're in class with, that you, you maybe cross the halls with, or you walk across campus with. It's speaking a word of encouragement, but ultimately, compassion and kindness is this. It's treating people with honor, dignity, respect, and unmanipulated love. And this is exactly what Elisha did to his enemy. What did he do? What did he do when he had his enemy right there at the, at the king of Israel with the army of Israel around him? And he was asked the question, should we kill them? What did he do? Instead of killing them, he gave them water, compassion and kindness. Instead of interrogating them, he gave them food. Instead of making them his slaves, he allowed them to rest. And instead of throwing them in jail, he let them go. That's the people God has called you and me to be. To be just the opposite of the anger, the rage, the unforgiveness that is coursing through society today, to be a group of people that are willing to show compassion and kindness. These are the people that God's asked us to be. This is who Elisha was against those who were trying to stop his mission. And I guarantee you that if you go onto the campus as a missionary, as a person who's going, I love you, Jesus, and I want to live my life as an example for you, you will have an enemy that comes against you. You will even have people that will come against you. You will have policies, procedures that will come against you. And how are you to respond? With compassion and kindness. How do you do that, though? You do that when you're convinced and you know and you have a confidence that you're not alone, but that you have the, the power and the presence of God standing there beside you and living within you. That's how a faith-filled believer can have such strength in the midst of such adversity. 
And the same thing can happen for you today. So, so look, to wrap this up, to succeed in your mission depends on you doing a couple of things. First, trust God and resist fear. Secondly, and these are just recaps, right? Choose to see who is with you versus who's against you. And thirdly, lead with compassion and kindness instead of anger and retaliation. Church, I'm telling you, if this is the attitude we have, then God can do incredible things. It all, it all comes, though, from a heart that's surrendered to Jesus Christ. If you're not surrendered to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus, these other attributes are not going to naturally come out of you. These attributes come out of surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know today I believe in you. We believe in you, students. I believe you're going to experience the power of God this year in a radical way. And I believe that this year is going to be your best year. And I believe that this year is going to do something unique in you that's going to change you forever for the cause and for the goodness of Jesus Christ. I want you to stand and let me pray for you. Father, today we're reminded of your word and your word has power to it. It's alive. And this example of your prophet and how he led his mission to success is the same, same formula that you're asking us to lead with. Lord, I pray over this congregation that you would crush fear in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over this congregation that you would open up their eyes right now and they would begin to see how big their God really is. I pray over this congregation that, Lord, you would loose in them compassion and kindness. I pray over them that they would have the favor of the Lord over students, the favor of the Lord as they walk onto their campuses. The favor of the Lord as they engage in those courses. The favor of the Lord to listen, to learn, to engage. I pray for them, God, that they would be ambassadors for the cause of Jesus Christ. Missionaries for Jesus on the campus. I pray this in Jesus' name. In the power of the one who gave his life on the cross and rose again from the grave and ascended to heaven and is waiting to come back for his church. I pray those powerful things. In Jesus' name, so that the mouth of the enemy would be shut, that the plans of the enemy would be thwarted, and at the name of Jesus, these students will be victorious. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.